good evening. Welcome to Unknown Christian Soldiers. I wanted to uh, cover a few things today, but first let's uh, go to God in prayer. Father God, I pray your blessing over this podcast. Uh, I, pray your, I pray that you will protect those of us who are listening and what's going on around us. There's a lot of evils in the world, a lot of temptations out there. And Father, I just pray that you'll come in there and protect us from those things. I pray that you will allow the message that you want to come through here on this podcast today to come through. And I pray that you will allow us to honor and glorify you, Father God. Amen. All right, now, um, I actually wanted to get into something about prayer today. Or uh, something I had a discussion with someone about. And I guess it's the verbiage we use when we say certain things or pray certain things. Um, Don't feel like... You're pinned into saying things a certain way because the Bible says that. Um, and don't, don't, don't get me wrong what I'm trying to say here. So give me just a second. Like, for example, if I say I want to do something to glorify God with someone, it, that may not be the way they normally talk, you know. And obviously, that was a translated word that we use in the Bible because of its meaning and its definition uh, fit what the translation was. However, don't feel like you have to say that if that's not what's on your heart, you know, if if that's not how you talk. You know, God doesn't care that you're educated or uneducated. God doesn't care that you're rich or poor. God doesn't care that you're fat or skinny or tall or short or anything. God doesn't care about any of that stuff. Uh, What God's going to care about is what's on your heart. And if you say, hey, God, I I really want you to help me with this because I want to shine a good light on you or I want to be able to go out there and show the world what you have or make you look good or whatever else is. God knows what you mean. So don't get hung up in things like that. A lot of people, you know, they, they hear those things. Well, maybe not a lot, but just some of the people I've talked to will hear those things and um, they'll say, well, I don't pray like that. Or, is, is that wrong or is that not the right way to pray? No, there isn't really a wrong way to pray. It's, it's just talking to God in a reverent manner. Um, in fact, the Bible tells us to cease without praying. You know, that's, that's what you want to be. And that's something we all want to attain or try to reach. You know, there's a point in my life where I've, I've prayed so much. And honestly, God took a lot of stress off me. And um, I encourage you to get active in your prayer life. That's that's one of the biggest things that will help in every aspect of your life is improving your prayer life. <clears throat> Fasting and prayer are the two biggest things you can do to improve in any situation. Whether it be something that's specifically for you or whether it be something that you're trying to do for someone else, a ministry, an outreach, a loved one, whatever else it is, fasting and prayer is is the absolute biggest way uh, to have an impact and to show God that you truly do care and it's not just lip service. So uh, with that being said, we're going to have a few things we're going to talk about today. Uh, We're going to continue our discussion uh, from Proverbs chapter 11. And we're going to get into a few other things, a few questions, a few odds and ends. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into that. I want to start off today uh, talking about an unknown Christian soldier. This individual's name was, forgive me if I mispronounce this, but uh, Gao Zichong. Um, he was followed by the secret police in China quite a bit, and uh, they, they kind of backed off, and then one day he gets a notification at 8 p.m. on September 21st, 2007, 
and he needs to report for mind re-education talk. Uh, shortly thereafter, he was actually kidnapped, stripped and beaten, shocked with electric probes. Uh, basically, he was tortured until the point where his abusers actually became too tired to torture him anymore and they would take shifts on it. Um, they actually went right out and told him, you are an object to be beaten. Uh, he, he was urinated on. Uh, he was had tortures that were so horrible, he literally said um, that he wouldn't mention that, that the records should not hold those kind of things, is to paraphrase what he said. Uh, so bad his eyeballs were shut. Um, at one point, he actually tried to bang his head against a table, hoping it would kill him, uh, but it didn't. They wouldn't even give him food until he sang communist songs uh, promoting the government. Uh, he was forced to write a statement that he wasn't kidnapped and that he wasn't tortured. Uh, he, he was brought to the brink of death and he felt God bring him back and keep him alive. And through all this, he was continually threatened that he would be beaten and killed in front of his family if he told anyone, right in front of his wife and kid. Um, and what was this horrible crime that he committed? Well, the horrible crime he committed was defending Christians in China. And again, this was in 2007. And that's why I want to talk about that. Um, you know, and this isn't just this particular case. This is still going on. If you look at the headlines there in China, there's still human rights violations left and right. Uh, there's still, the church is still being persecuted. I talked about in the last podcast, you know, that you should look up those stories. Look up the stories of the churches in China being shut down because the government wants to shut them down. Look at the way they're being persecuted. So these churches, these Christians over there need prayer. They need our prayers. They need our help. All right. Because right now what's going on over there, um, these people are being tortured. Their churches are being shut down. Their pastors are being imprisoned. Uh, there's tons of stories that aren't even making it on the news, much less the mainstream, but um, not even any type of news we're finding. You know, there's reports here coming out that there's so much going on over there that we're not hearing about. Um, you know, a guy who, is, who wasn't even the one preaching, he was merely defending them in court, defending them before the government, and uh, he was beaten to the brink of death, shocked, urinated on, tortured so bad he won't even mention them. And... Uh, here in America and other places in, in North America where we have it real cushy, real easy. Uh, at the end of the day, we don't really get persecuted like these other places do. Now, don't get me wrong. I know there's some that well, there, may, there may be a guy out there preaching on a street corner and he gets killed. You know, I, I understand there are individual cases, but as a whole here in America, we still experience great religious freedom we still experience that. We still have the chance to go out there and share the gospel. Uh, so I just want to shed some light on, on this unknown Christian soldier that most of you probably didn't know about. And I want to shed some light on those Christian soldiers out there, known and unknown in China. They're going through what they're going through right now. They're fighting the good fight. You know, they're trusting God to keep them safe and that his will be done. And I'm going to ask you guys to keep these people in your thoughts and prayers. Do the research. See what's going on out there. Um, look at all the stories that are coming through. Um, you know, if I even just pull up, you know, Chinese lawyer beaten for protecting Christians. Um, 
there's several several stories there's there's you know recently there was a couple hundred that were arrested uh you know and there were 40 of them still being held i mean just the list goes on and on and on and here in america we have so much freedom to worship as we please to share the gospel uh it's it's all over the radios it's on tv it's i we are not as a whole as a nation as as really as a continent as a whole we're not really oppressed now we may we're meeting resistance right now you know part of that i feel like is is end times now when i say end times i don't have a timeline end times in the grand scheme of things maybe three more generations four more five more generations from now it might be tomorrow i don't know i'm not that kind of person but when i look at it it is looking like the beginning of the end times you know some of the stuff we're starting if the rest of the world is this bad and it's starting to seep into america into our culture um we're getting there because we were honestly america was really the last stronghold of, of freedom of, of christian faith and now it's starting to go away because everyone wants to look at christians as evil bigots and horrible people and uh, the list goes on and on uh so that being said um do the research like I said, um, keep these people in your prayers. And if, if there's any way you can support these these Christians out there, not only in China, but other countries that are facing all this persecution, um, you know, if you have the ability to outreach them, if you have the ability, man, if you have a few extra bucks to donate to those those causes or donate to those outreach ministries that can reach them, you know, please do so because that can help them out dramatically. Um, so if you have any questions, though, you know, let me know. Um, if you have any other Christian soldiers out there that you want us to highlight, stories you want us to know about, let us know. Send it to our email. Again, if, if you have um, the app here on your phone, uh, you can send it to us. If you have the Anchor app, um, if you don't have the Anchor app, or if you just want to email us, email us at unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com. Again, that's unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com. We're also working on a website right now. It's going to be very minimalistic. It's just going to be a free website uh, creator that we can use. So it's going to be very minimal, but it's going to be a chance for us to get these stories on there. Um, you know, get the names out there. Let people know what what others are facing out there and, and ways they might can can pray for them and support them. And uh, I think that's going to be a good thing. But again, for now, uh, again, just shoot us emails, uh, unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com to let us know those stories so we can highlight those and get those on here and let people know what's going on. All right, let's continue our study of the Word. Going back to Proverbs chapter 11. <clears throat> All right, uh, before we covered some verses, let's go ahead and reread some of those. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. The righteousness of the blameless makes straight way for them. But the wicked are brought down by their own wickedness. Verse 6, the righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by evil desires. Verse 7, when a wicked man dies, his hope perishes. All he expected from his power comes to nothing. Verse 8, the righteous man is rescued from trouble, and it comes on the wicked instead. Uh, we can go on into verse 9 and 10, etc. Um, they all kind of use this underlying word righteousness. Now, before we talked about, last episode we talked about wrath. I kind of went into wrath some. So let's talk about what is righteousness. What really is 
uh, definition of righteousness that we can use here. Well, there's different places you can get definitions from. You know, you can look at Wikipedia. You know, righteousness is one of the chief attributes of God as portrayed in the Hebrew Bible. Its chief meaning concerns ethical conduct. Um, you know, we can look at righteousness of Bible study tools. Uh, com actually lists righteousness as God the Father is righteous, is righteous, excuse me. Uh, Jesus Christ is the Son, the Son is the righteous, the Father through the Son and in the Spirit give gift of righteousness to repentant sinners for salvation. Such believing sinners are declared righteous by the Father. Now, looking at these definitions, um, you can look at different verses. Let's talk about what righteousness isn't. Um, we are not really righteous without Christ. I mean, that's really all there is to it. We can, in the Bible, it specifically says even our greatest acts, our greatest moments, our greatest righteousness we could possibly have is but filthy rags compared to God and before God and before His standards. You know, going back to wrath, we talked about last time. Wrath is is. Wrath has to exist. You know, it's, it's rough for us to comprehend, but if we have a righteous God who is just and is willing to pour out his mercy and send his son to die for us, there also has to be a punishment as well. There has to be the wrath there as well. Otherwise, what's the point of it all? If there is no reason, if there is no reason his son came to die for us and die for our sins, and be that sacrifice that makes us righteous and makes us whole with God, that fills that God-shaped hole in our heart. You know, if we don't have to worry about that, if there is no punishment of that, then, then why did Christ come? Because God is just, because God is righteous, he has to have a standard and we have to be held accountable for that. And Christ came and interceded on our behalf and made us righteous and made us whole if we will accept that sacrifice. Okay, now, but what this is referring to specifically here in Proverbs, though, is is he who tries to live you know, a righteous life, who does the right things before God, who goes out there and does those things he should do that is considered to be just and holy. You know, um, if you look at the Bible Tools uh, website, I talked about before, righteousness is often mentioned as just or justice, you know, or um, uh, faithful, you know. So those are things you want to look at right here. You know, you can reread this in those kind of words. You know, wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but... But righteousness or being just or being holy or being godly delivers from death. You know, uh, the righteous of the blameless makes them makes a straight way for them. You know, the holiness, the um, again, we are holy through Christ. But uh, the doing the right thing, the being just uh, of the blameless makes a straight way for them. You know, the righteousness of the upright, you know, the justice of the upright, the being just, the, the living the godly life. Of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped. You can read those verses and kind of think of that way. Um, sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our head around the fact that um, even our greatest acts and our greatest attributes are are nothing before God. But we still want to go out there and do what's right. You know, again, we talked about before um, verse one here in chapter eleven: the Lord abhors dishonest scales, but accurate weights are His delight. You know, doing the right thing, being just, being um, righteous, being good, doing what you're supposed to do. And it's, we're not going to be perfect. There's only one perfect uh, being that's, that's ever came here as a human, and that was Christ. 
He's the only one that's ever lived a perfect life. Other than that, no one else has. So we're not going to be perfect. We're not going to hit the nail on the head every time. We're not going to do that. But we strive for that. We try for that. And that's why people, you know, the, well, Christians are they're hypocrites. They're this, they're that. Well, no. You know, we know we're not perfect. That's why we're Christians. Christian is a Christ follower. Christian doesn't mean I'm some perfect being. Christian means I'm a Christ follower. That's what it means. I'm trying to live like Christ. We're not going to be able to live up to that expectation. It's not going to happen. But we must make every attempt at it. We must pray that God will strengthen us and help us along the way. Uh, we must do those things which you know are right. And we know the Holy Spirit comes upon us and tells us oftentimes, hey, what you're doing is wrong. You're screwing up, buddy. Hey, pal, you need to throttle it down because what you're about to do right here is not something that you should do. But what do we do? What's our flesh tell us to do? Hey, do it anyway. But the Holy Spirit said to remind us, hey, no, no, that's not what you should be doing. You should be doing this instead. Let's throttle down. Let's back it off. Let's do this. All right. And that's what you need to do. You need to pray for the Holy Spirit to talk to you. Pray for God to talk to you. Give you wisdom. You know, give you the right mentality, the right state of mind, the right heart to have at that moment so that you know you're making the right decision. Okay. So therefore you don't end up in those situations where, um, the wicked are brought down by their own wicked desires. You don't want to be that. You want to be the righteous that's delivered. You know, you don't want to be that person whose hope perishes because you're wicked. You want to be the righteous man who's rescued from trouble. All right? You don't want to be that one whose mouth, you know, the mouth of the godless, going on to verse 9, with the mouth of God destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous escape. All right? Remember this. Pray for understanding, pray for wisdom, pray that the Holy Spirit will help strengthen you and help you make those good decisions at those times. All right. Now, let's go back and reread these verses again. We're going to start with uh, verse 4 here where we're at, chapter 11. Wealth is, the worth, wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. The righteousness of the blameless makes a straight way for them, but the wicked are brought down by their own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the unfaithful are trapped by evil desires. When a wicked man dies, his hope perishes, and all he expected from his power comes to nothing. The righteous man is rescued from trouble, and it comes on the wicked instead. All right, now, I talked before in a previous episode about um, what your thoughts were on things such as what happened to Job, etc. And I got zero responses on that. That's okay, though. Yeah, I know... Uh, or a little difficult to contact if you don't have the Anchor app. So, unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com. I know it's a long email address, but unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com. Working on the website. We're going to get that up eventually. Again, it's it's a slow process. We don't have funding here, so we're doing the best we can with that. But unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com. Shoot us emails there. All right, so here's my take on it. And again, this is my take. Um, I, I think it's because... We think of things from our earthly perspective. We don't think of things from a godly or a long-range, long-game perspective. We're thinking only of this moment right here, right now. That's it. Okay? So, at the end of the day, what we have to remember is this. We are not here to satisfy our own desires and our own will. We are here to satisfy God's will. In that particular case, with Job... God's will 
was for that to occur to him at that time to to prove God's point and to glorify God at that moment as harsh as it sounds and harsh it is for us but remember Job was rewarded greatly he was blessed and multiplied far beyond what he had before blessings were poured out far beyond that for him so for Job it was very rough very hard but he stayed faithful to God and God blessed him beyond measure all right uh, you know, looking at what happened to Jonah, you know. Um, and I did get a, a comment from someone on this, on Jonah. All right, so this is an excellent point, And actually, uh, I want to bring this point up. A guy named David brought this one up. And he stated that, well, you know, Jonah stated that the reason why they were having the issues on the boat with the storm and the seas was because he was on there. Um so Jonah made that conscious decision to make them aware that he needed to be off that boat. And he knew at that point um, where he needed to go and what he needed to do. At that point, he surrendered to it. So that's that's a valid point. Um, you know, God did make sure he ended up in Nineveh at that point. But um, it is a valid point that Jonah did surrender to that at that point. Even the dire circumstance, and the dire issues that were going on there, you know, he did surrender to it and he did follow through. So I think that was a great point. All right, now, in news, let's do a little news segment here real quick. Something I wanted to bring up here. Um, I thought this was absolutely ridiculous. Um, but the wife of Vice President Mike Pence is under fire for working for a conservative Christian school, Emmanuel Christian School. It's a private K-8 uh, school. Um who they have to have an affirmation of faith and, and, and sign, the, I don't know if that's a signed document, there's an affirmation of faith there that says that they believe in Christian values, etc. And she's coming under fire for that. Literally, Mike Pence is a, a known Christian, his wife, that he even has a policy of not being alone with a woman other than his wife. I mean, got strong, strong moral character from what I can tell. And they're surprised when his wife is the same way and they're uh, very, very upset that she's working there saying that it's against the LGBT community, etc. I mean, she's coming under a pretty hard fire for that. Um, so again, it just goes to show you what we're looking at right now. I mean, literally you have someone who is a known verbal outspoken Christian in the community and everything. And they're under fire and being attacked for being a Christian for living Christian values. Um, so it's it's absolutely absurd to me um, that that would happen. Um, also, there was a, a church recently uh, that actually removed the pastor because the pastor put out a sign declaring that homosexuality, a saying that Bruce Jenner is a man. And so this pastor, who's a Presbyterian pastor, um, I believe his name was Justin Hoke, um, he was removed. I mean, he was literally the church kicked him out because he put what the Bible says on a sign and it upset everybody. And the, the congregation got upset and they removed him. And it's just another sign of right now that we're in the end times. Um, now I'm not one to go around talking about, um, mega pastors, you know, pastors of mega churches, but I will say there's a pastor named Jack Hibbs. I've recently started listening to that has some really good commentary on end times and the world we're living in today, etc. In, in a way that we can understand it as, as regular Joe. So I highly recommend that you um, maybe get on there and look at some of his podcasts. I think they're really good. 
so I, I recommend that. But anyway, that, I'm going to wrap that up for today. Let's go ahead and close this, and we're going to go ahead and say a prayer. Father God, I pray your blessing on this podcast. I pray your blessing on the day and the people that are listening. I pray your blessing on those people in China that are suffering right now and those Christians right now that are suffering, the pastor that was let go, Mike Pence's wife. I just I pray right now, Father, for those people that you will help them go through what they're going through and help be with them and help be with all of us through our day to strengthen us and help us remember who we are and what we are and as followers of Christ and children of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. God bless. Um, again, don't hesitate to drop us a line. If, if you know of a Christian soldier out there who's out there in the fight for Christ, who's, who's fighting the good fight and needs to be known, let us know, unknownchristiansoldiers at gmail.com. God bless.